And we're off. <laughs> uh, okay. Gotta, what you got this time, gotta Magic start, Man? Gotta start this thing. Gotta <laughs> rev up the old boat, as they say. Why don't you fellas step aside and let me handle this one. Welcome oh. to Network Special, everybody. The podcast where two fuddy-duddies talk some fuddy-diddles. Okay. How's that for an intro? Yeah. I mean, you you can tell you've heard this intro many, many times <laughs> in the booth because you were able to parrot it right back to me. It's me, fuddy-diddle Zachariah. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Okay, I'm going to start this up. We're still recording, right? Yeah. Yep. Nathan, you know me. I love movies. I eat a big bowl of movies for breakfast, and then I go to work, dream about movies, and then I come home, and I make love to my movie wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's hot. uh, Hey, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And and I love- She's a real uh, popcorn trophy wife. Yeah, no, it's that's great. Uh, one thing I really love about the movies is the awards, but I don't like those fuddy duddy and fiddle diddle awards, the Oscars, those snooty tooties, those rudy booties. I like my awards, cool daddy o. That's why I want to watch the MTV movie awards. Would you? Describe these as the Oscars, but with jeans. I would, and so would Chaz Palminteri. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and he did say that on the 1995 MTV Movie Awards, shown on Saturday, June 10th, 1995. And we watched all two glorious hours of it for this episode of Network Special, the only podcast you need if you want to hear about the glory years of appointment-based television when you used to have... I got too much spit in my mouth because I am just drooling over the thought of these luscious awards. Chomping at the bit. Oh, oh, babies, babies, babies. My teethies can't talk fast enough. It's the only podcast you need if you want to hear about the golden age of appointment-based television when you used to have to watch what was on, when it was on. But now, thanks to the magic of the internet, we can watch these shows again and again. It is me, Lord Fuddy Duddy of the awards himself, Zach. Zachariah here with my fuddy diddle who uh Nathan and my farty warty Udi Bombardi producer in the booth who Jeremy Demmer Nathan I can't tell if you're loving this intro or if you're just abiding it I'm just wondering did are people going to hear the first section of this to understand all the references you're making right now. <laughs> Am I making reference to something? Uh, some uh, bef- on, before on air Not, or off air banter. I mean, I'm making, I'm making, I guess, reference to nonsense talk. I don't know how much <laughs> yeah. more uh, that's going to make you love or hate that uh, intro. You know what? It's like I always say, you got to start somewhere. And that's how I started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you think I'm going to edit anything out, that's Jeremy. True. That is true. <laughs> I know your work ethic by now. That. I do not <laughs> trim the fat. No. 
That steak has plenty of that yummy gristle. Your jaw is going to be strong as an ox, a golden ox, by the time you're done with this podcast. So Yummy gristle. You love gristle. You love a little gristle and fat on those steaks. There's nothing I want more than a steak that is pure gristle. Oh, man. Uh, Do you ever get those, like, suspiciously cheap steaks at your local, like, you know, the supermarket that you go to for very, very dried out spices? And maybe you get boxed items there and they're safe, like Pop-Tarts or whatever. (laughs) And then you go to the meat section. You're like, hmm. You flip a coin (laughs) to see if you're feeling lucky. The ste- I do see those cheap steaks, but I'm not. I don't think there's any suspicion around them. <laughs> they are cheap for a reason. Oh, you're not just suspicious. I'm not wondering. You're flat out accusing them, and you know that they're guilty. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Let's see. The year 1995. I definitely watched this awards ceremony, and rewatching it for this episode, I was reminded. Oh yeah, this one is not amazingly interesting. I mean, not it's interesting <laughs> as a time capsule and it, it has some interesting stuff going on, but man, award shows are always award shows. A lot of dryness and just bad bits. Even if you're mm-hmm. MTV and you're at the height of your coolness. I think, um, gone are the days when you can anchor an entire, um, award show on one guest comedian named Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like when the funniest thing on your show is someone walking up to the stage. <laughs> we have an issue. Uh so of course the awards in 1995 were given for awards for films from 1994. Um mm-hmm. I have the just to kind of ground us, I have the top 10 1994 films in front of me. You want to hear them? Okay. I'm going to do yeah. uh, in ascending order 10 to 1. Number 10, Clear and Present Danger. Mm. Number 9, Interview with the Vampire. Yes. Number 8, Four Weddings and a Funeral. America okay. had that hue fever. Number 7, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Number 6, The Flintstones. Number five, Speed. Number four, The Mask. Number three, True Lies. Number two, Forrest Gump. And number one, The Lion King. And how many of those have you seen? I've seen all of them. I think I've seen five or six of those. Okay. Uh, Also, right underneath the top ten was Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Because 1994 was... The first year Jim Carrey had uh, like a big lead in a major release movie, and he had three <laughs> movies that did well over a hundred million dollars each. Each of those movies turned into a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> and right after this, he became the first actor be- to be paid uh, twenty million dollars per movie. I remember that. He, you did not, I don't know if anyone's going to get that big ever again. That's insane. What were the 300? Okay, so, so there's Dumb and Dumber. That was 100 million? Dumb and Dumber made almost 250 million. Okay, what were the other two? 
Ace Ventura, which made oh, okay. a little over a hundred million. I thought Ace Ventura didn't do great in the theater. It did pretty for a movie okay. starring a third banana player on In Living Color uh, about a pet <laughs> detective who talked out his butt. It did way better than anyone thought. I think it was also like it came out in January or February or something. Like a a, a month where movies just get dumped. Or they used okay. to just get dumped because award season was over. It's cold. People go out the least. So you just kind of quietly d- throw all these movies onto the sidewalk and hope that they make a little bit of money. But that was a big, big hit. And then The Mask gonna, made $350 million. The Mask, that's the other one. So I just say that because Jim Carrey gets a lot of camera time in this because he was the hottest thing on two legs, baby. Mm-hmm. And he was dating Picket Fences, Lauren Holly, the other hottest thing on two legs. And also Dumb and Dumbers, Lauren Holly. She looks so overwhelmed to be put into this position, doesn't she? <laughs> she looks happy, but also it just it, it's like you just are constantly throwing her into a swimming pool, is her expression. Well, there and then there's that moment, and there's a moment in the show where Jim Carrey kind of expresses his undying love for her yeah. from the stage in a very sincere, um, in what was surely a forever relationship. Um, and she really wasn't caught off guard there. So yeah, that definitely added to that look. I mean, I have a feeling that maybe uh, when you're uh, seeing Jim Carrey, maybe he doesn't turn it off too often and get super sincere. <laughs> Maybe he's not, uh, uh, you know, if he's constantly rubbing candy bars on his armpits or whatever he's doing, you're not expecting. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the old routine. (laughs) He says, somebody stop me. And then he rubs a candy bar (laughs) on his armpits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Let's see here. We have each picked five moments from these awards that we're going to talk about that hit us real hard that we want to focus on because – Believe me, you don't want us to do a play-by-play of this entire award show. This would be a very long podcast, and your little ears would bleed. And don't worry. At the end, we'll have thoughts about the other stuff, too. Don't (laughs) worry. But I guess we should ground the whole thing and say who's hosting this show. Of course, it is the the Spencer and Hepburn of our generation, John Lovitz and Courtney Cox. Who makes no mention, Jim Carrey, who's all over this. Mm. There's no, like, even a side glance to the fact that they were in Ace Ventura together. There's no little comment. Yeah. There's nothing. Well, and, yeah, Courtney Cox, the the co-lead of Ace Ventura. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean... I mean, there's a couple reasons I can think of off the bat why that might be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. There, there's tension there. <laughs> uh, it but. could be like um, we we slept together. Tension. It could be this man annoys <laughs> the shit out of me. Tension. It is similar tension. I'm here with my new girlfriend. Tension. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed a little tension whenever it was uh, him and Cameron Diaz on the stage. Okay, okay. They kind of suddenly became polar opposites of a magnet. <laughs> so you think that uh, this guy has a lead 
co-lead. I think like sort of a syndrome. Jim Carrey may have a case of roaming balls. <laughs> roaming balls. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was curious. Somebody stop him. <laughs> I was curious to see where John Lovitz and Courtney Cox were in their respective careers. Courtney Cox at this year was in her second season of Friends. Monster, mm-hmm. monster hit show. She Number was two show. She was just the co-lead of Ace Ventura, a very mm-hmm. successful comedy. And John Lovitz uh, was about to release Trapped in Paradise, and his last movie, uh, he appeared in the movie North. And that was it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, not even... Wait, wh- when did... Hold on. A League of Their Own? No. 92. No, I was... Oh. I was thinking, like, even Wedding Singer, at least a little tiny cameo, but no, that's way later. That's way later. Yeah. Oh, man. Why is he... Wait, who couldn't they get? <laughs> I, I mean, not to be too mean to John Lovitz, although... I have I have thoughts about John Lovitz. I'll, I'll get into in a second, but like he must be one just so affordable, sure, and available. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But also, imagine how much better these routines would have gone if you had like Chris Farley, right? Who is well, a yes. likable? Pre- <laughs> well, see, I don't think Chris Farley is as amazing as other people do, but I think he is extremely likable. And I think the That's, audience that gets on his side. That is the thing about him. Yes, right, yeah. right, right. John Lovitz, I I think the man must be genuinely unpleasant. Like, I don't think he just plays unpleasant characters because the way that people react to him in this thing is not um, all in good fun. Let me ask you this. Can ask you anything. think of a... Okay, how many have you had? How many women have you slept with? (laughs) I don't talk about my roaming balls. (laughs) Okay. Um, No. (laughs) Let's just say they're smoking. Smoking. (laughs) Um, I said that talking through my butt. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) How many people who play typically like uh, jerky, like really sarcastic, like. Um, characters like John Lovitz does do. How many do you think are like that in real life? Like, how many can you think of that aren't like that in real life? I guess you should say. I bet it's feast or famine because it's either a person and you hear like they play a villain or they just play the worst people. And then you hear people say like, they are the nicest person in the world. And then other yeah, people you go vil- like, holy cow, this person is a real life creep. <laughs> I mean, okay, like a villain's different to me because a villain is just like, you know, you're playing some evil character. I, what I mean is the person in a movie who is supposed to be the lead who you or like the who, the person who you're not supposed to you're not supposed to um like. The person you're actually supposed to like, right? Mm-hmm. Like the like hero? a David Spade for instance. Okay. Right? Like like he's a character in the movies like he's one of the characters you essentially would like, but he's also super sarcastic and a jerk to but then you know, he, but then they turn it around and they're friends and you like him, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like those characters who aren't playing like straight villains who are playing like main roles or friend roles who are super sarcastic in real life. I feel like those people tend to 
be that kind of person in life. Yeah, who who knows? Who knows? I mean, I look, I can't really make a comment on John Lovitz in, in real life, but I will say the the secret to John Lovitz, and you think about roles that people remember him, and like you said, wedding singer. He is like have you ever have you ever had truffle fries? God no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can imagine them, right? It's this sure really can. intense seasoning. You're supposed to put just a little bit on and you really will taste it and you'll be like, oh, there's a, like a real flavor here. Yeah. Some places just like, oh, truffle fries and they they just douse it on you go like, oh, they sh- God. Yeah, this they is- like pour it into a bowl and they shake it around and stuff. Exactly. It's not like, that's the whole point of it. Like you shave a truffle, right? Yeah. Like essentially, if you yeah. were actually using truffle, most people just use a, a fake oil or whatever. But if you were just shaving, then it would be just a couple shavings. You mix it around. Yes. You put a little a little shaving of it in a kitten's mouth and you have it breathe on the dish and that will give you <laughs> yeah. just enough truffle. <laughs> John Lovitz is the truffle salt. You need the tiniest bit of him, and you get it, and you're like, ah, oh, great. This is so good. If you give him a lead or you have him, say, be the main host of an award show, it's like, this is too much. Get this out of my mouth. This is like truffle butter. This <laughs> just like just coats you, coats your mouth. <laughs> uh, Courtney Cox, I guess, doing a fine job in this thankless host role where John Lovitz is telling her to shut up and uh, <laughs> over and over again over and over again boy a lot of um, non-consensual kissing in this mm-hmm. a lot of yep. uh, John Lovitz has her close her eyes and then kisses her uh, Chris Isaac basically assaults uh, Cameron Diaz at one point who is 19 when this is filming uh, John Lovitz um says he might go to jail if Alicia Silverstone keeps flirting with him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very comfortable in a year that people are thanking Harvey Weinstein from stage. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, you wanted to hear a little bit of the musical comedy that John Lovitz provides in this. That's all I want to hear. That's all you want to hear. Okay. And by the way, you can tell that uh, when the, the writers asked if Lovitz and Cox had anything they wanted to do, you can tell that Courtney Cox volunteered that she could play the drums and John Lovitz <laughs> definitely said he wanted to sing. So that's what we get. This is Courtney Cox on drums and John Lovitz with the big comedy opening number. And Nathan, you can tell me when to stop this clip and I will gladly do it. So here you go. Courtney, give me a now. beat. Stop it now. Stop it now. Okay. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Go on. Okay. <laughs> Bad guy die. All I know is I ain't giving up my time. 
All right, please. You don't want to hear Courtney <laughs> Cox non-sing her singing part? No. So, okay, so the premise is that um, he's talking about how I don't think he, they were in any of the movies that were nominated. And so he sings this song about why he wasn't nominated, which is instead of being a good-looking guy, he won't, he won't stop eating his pie. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he won't look any healthier than he does. <laughs> You know, I know I just named Chris Farley off the top of my head. Uh, do you think they tried to get him and they even had this song in place? John Lovitz has <laughs> the deadest eyes at all. It's like his eyes are registering no emotion during any of this. I, I mean, what is is he just like thinking like, get me to the after party ASAP? I don't think he's enjoying this. I think this is a paycheck and exposure for sure. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Cox, of of course, very uh, beautiful person. The Mm -hmm. hairstyle they have her in really just looks like they layered dead crows on her head. (laughs) It looks like a Monica wig. It looks like the spirit (laughs) Halloween. And it says uh, (laughs) pal wig. (laughs) Yeah. Best Best friends. Best chums. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Co-lead of a sitcom wig. (laughs) I was looking at the people who were the writers for the show, and I I kept on Consultants? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was looking for the writers, and I realized, oh, there's this big list of people as consultants, which (laughs) is what you call writers, but if you call them a consultant, you don't have to pay them union wage. Yep. And guess what? You don't get union work either. <laughs> this is bad, bad stuff. Uh, if so, you, did so you look n- at the list, n- n- though? I sure did. Yeah. And I, I recognized a couple of names, you know, big, big name writers and some comedians and stuff. But I recognized one a real big one that we all know and love today as a nation equally. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk. And that's Bob Odenkirk, And yes. Doug Benson were on this. Dougie, Dougie Benson, Drake Sather, the creator of Zoolander. I wonder how many of their suggestions they took. <laughs> well, there are 12 of them. Or whatever, like maybe, you know, tw- maybe the movie reenactments, the, the, at which are the high highest level yes. of comedy on this thing, and the, they're actually, I'm like, I'm, I freaking okay. We'll get to those. They're but, good. Uh, they're really good. And yes, uh, Troy really Miller, good. who directed Mr. Show, did them. Cla- yes, which makes yes, a lot absolutely. of sense when you realize, like, oh, this is a sudden <laughs> lifting of all ships whenever these come on. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other thing you wanted to talk about, and we're going to do some commercial talk because I'm pretty sure the only way we wanted to do the 1995 uh, MTV Music Awards. No, 94. This is 95. I'm so sorry. Yes, we wanted to do 94. (laughs) If you have a copy, listeners of the 94 MTV Movie Awards, please tell us because every other year is available online that year has been eradicated from the internet and it's the one that will smith hosts so i really want to see it <laughs> yeah there i mean there's there's uh, you know there's a few that aren't available for sure but but th- that one was one we were that that there's just a couple clips online and that's it so and there's it's like also it's the kurt cobain like uh like tribute like like why isn't this just like smattered all over yeah 
Uh, wow, they did a tribute to Kurt Cobain on the movie awards. I know they did it. Yeah, it definitely did I it looked, for the music video. Okay, so when I looked this up, let me let me. Okay, let's let's do that. I think it was illegal um, to do anything on MTV in that year and not have a tribute to Kurt Cobain. You could be doing like the the Road Rules Sports Awards, and he would be like Kurt loved uh, watching basketball or something. <laughs> you know what? Maybe you're right because now I'm not seeing anything. But I thought when I was looking up clips, maybe the that clip got sandwiched in. Uh, in the same time. Did frame, it get sandwiched but, um, in with Amber Heard gives ridiculous testimony at the Johnny Depp trial? <laughs> that I cannot believe the, the amount like like the YouTube was like YouTube's like, okay, just during this trial, we will tweak the algorithm of everyone yes. to include People trolling Amber Heard. Every single person who's on YouTube will will see these, no matter what you watch. As a nation, we will drive her to suicide. This we (laughs) pledge. We will send this mentally ill person to the brink. I don't know. It really does, like, like it did help me uh, call, you know, like, call my feed down in terms of who I follow. (laughs) Say that much. Speaking of uh, things that soon won't exist anymore, you wanted to see one of these blockbuster video ads. Oh, yeah. The The, uh, chillest blockbuster ad I've ever (laughs) seen. So think about really quick before you play this. Okay, we're this is um, the big night for movie stars in Hollywood on MTV, right? So this is like, you know, this is the Oscar with jeans. Like this is the crazy show, you know, like where you're coming out, you know, there's going to be fun stuff happening. There's going to be wild stuff. So, you, so what kind of, what kind of companies do you think you're going to advertise during this? You're going to see funny collect call advertisements, of course, because you see that anytime, but you're also going to see like, you know, like I'm, you know, like I was looking for like, cool fashion ads and like all kinds of stuff, you know, but, but what did we get instead? We got, um, 1-800-COLLECT. We got, we so got much 1-800-COLLECT. We got like a medical gum. Yeah, that's a like brand of no gum. sugar. I've never heard. It's called like Xenodyne <laughs> or something. I was like, is this from another country that this was taped in? What was this gum? It's like, a, it's like, it's like, you know how they sell like uh dog biscuits to clean your dog's teeth. Like this is gum to clean your human teeth. <laughs> right, but it's marketed like a weird medical device. Yeah, like a diaper, like an adult diaper. <laughs> it's a mouth diaper. Yeah. And then and then you get the blockbuster commercial, right? And so throughout the show there's blockbuster commercials, but the first one they play is this one right here, which I think, which my suspicion is someone mixed up the tapes at the VH1 MTV Center and <laughs> this was supposed to go on VH1, but instead it played during this. When you get together for a blockbuster night, there's never a line to get in. There's no cover charge. There's no reservation required. There, we're watching uh, people in a high-rise apartment, uh, a black and a white couple, in the comfiest clothes possible. Like they're they're basically wearing button-up snuggies, and they're getting the popcorn <laughs> ready. And the kitchen never closes. With over 9,000 blockbuster videos to choose from, we'd like to suggest that when it comes to a great night with friends, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. 
make it a blockbuster night. Describing the store like it's a grandmother's afghan. <laughs> it is. It's like, um, I'm trying to think like, like I've seen Oreo Oreo commercials like this where they show like a kid eat, opening an Oreo, like his grandpa's teaching him how to yes. split the Oreo. Yeah. You know, or a Werther's like original. Like, yeah. And it's like, no, this is Blockbuster. And then the next Blockbuster commercial you get is like, Blockbuster game night. Like it's a competition for gamers or something. I forget what it is. <laughs> but it's like the exact, I don't know where this one came from. I, I love it. I truly love it, and I, I'll sleep to this tonight. But <laughs> why is it on this show? Well, here's the other tone of blockbuster ad that there is. We've got everything here. I'm telling you, we're going to spend the night out in. Ooh, all right. We'll make it a <laughs> like a candy commercial. <laughs> blockbuster has more copies than ever. By the way, there's all these videos are people in their apartments just walking around smiling like they've had a lobotomy. There's no movies in sight. You're not seeing the excitement of the movies. That's the one with the girl from, um, I feel like she's in a, an Adam Sandler movie, mm. uh, but she's, she's getting her apartment ready for a guy coming over, bringing VHS tapes. Is she in Moopy Schmoopy? That yeah, Adam Sandler Moopy movie? Moopy that's Moopy Schmoopy. It's, <laughs> and the sequel. Yeah. She plays blonde woman. <laughs> who loves Adam Sandler. I'll tell you a woman who gets a lot of love in this, in this award show, Sandra Bullock. Holy cow. This woman brought home the gold three times. Best female performance, most desirable female, and another one I can't remember. I think it's best. Is she okay. come up for best action sequence? Yeah. Like, okay. So, okay. Can we, the first one she does. Okay. This is most desirable female, okay? And they're, they are going through all the clips, okay? Oh, right. They've got, you've, you've got Cameron Diaz, and she is just smoking, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we said, right? right. You've got uh, Demi Moore, and they show her, like, yeah. in a sex scene, you know? Yeah, like, somebody stop her. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then who, who's the first one? They have, they have one other one who's, like, Sharon Stone. just, like, Sharon Stone, sultry, you know? Like, and then it's, like, Sandra Bullock driving a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Like cute Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it's like and then I was like, oh, surely Cameron Diaz is gonna win this. You know, like and it's like, no, Sandra Bullock, and she gives up and she's like, Wow, I can't believe that I'm the winner of this most desirable award. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> she doesn't sound like Emo Phillips. <laughs> no, she's got like this kind of Kermit the like this female Kermit the Frog kind of voice. Like, what? <laughs> okay. Listen to this voice and tell me if this is Kermit like. Hold on a second. All right, that says me. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to know what I did so I can do it again and work it for everything it's Oh, worth. yeah, it sounds like a Jim Henson. <laughs> first of all. <laughs> that is not how she sounds. Sandra Bullock just has that homespun, leaning against a pickle barrel, no nonsense, kiss my grits attitude. <laughs> listen, listen. Like, tr- like I think Sandra Bullock, uh, you know, she looks great in this. She yeah. looks really pretty. So, but, like, this is not, like, she is not playing the most desirable role I like, it, in these clips. I love that she won this because all those clips were, like, women shoving their tits in the camera. And then <laughs> Sandra Bullock goes up and she has, like, this little 
like the the uh, uh, sweatshirt tied around her waist. I'm like, good, <laughs> good for the viewers. That's great. Yes. Okay. Well, I like this. I okay. Now you okay. Now I of course no, I shamed like you. that. <laughs> my my ethics of course like that. But we are in MTV bro mode. Okay. I, oh. Okay. Can uh, we talk uh, about the audience? <laughs> Can we talk about the audience for a second? Yeah, hold on. That, uh, you, well, I'll put a pin this in is that. My, keep this going. is one of my yeah my list. So keep going. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Wait. When do you want to talk about that? Let's talk about it uh, when we get to the top five. We're doing top five, buddy. I'm just going through your list. Oh, so you're hitting? Oh, you're hitting I'm my list. Doing, well, yeah, I I'm just kind of going. I'm not doing number four. Nathan well, I, doesn't I, like I, it when a fully clothed <laughs> woman is considered desirable. No, number two, blockbuster. The clips that I sent you aren't necessarily my top five. Oh, but. wait, they're not. <laughs> no, they're just clips that I wanted you to have on lock. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Because my top fives don't all need a clip. Okay. Well, okay. No. Boy, this is going to be a freewheeling <laughs> show. You know, well, if we're still talking speed, I want to play one of my favorite speeches of the night because uh, winner for best action sequence was given by Ice-T. Ice-T in his phase where he looked like he was a member of Slayer. He has, like, long <laughs> hair and crazy jewelry and leather. Um, and Jan DeBont wins the director of speed and Yantbont looks exactly how I want a foreign director to sound. He looks like Andy Warhol and he has the same energy as Andy Warhol. And this is his speech that he did on the location of his new movie. Hi, I'm Yantbont. Thank you so much for this MTV award. It's absolutely great. Uh, making a movie with Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock and Dennis Hopper is so much fun. And blowing up planes, cars and buses is the best. And then if you get an award for it, that makes you really feel good. Really, thanks again for this award. I'm so sorry that I can't be here tonight, but I'm working on my next movie, Twister, which I hope you're going to like next year. It's going to come out next year. And congratulations to all the other winners tonight. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> Every time they cut to someone who can't be in the, in the, in the show, who they have to film a recorded piece, yeah. I'm, I, like, I, I keep on... I, I, I just... I picture... After the clip, the person recording goes, and that's what you want me to put? <laughs> like, you don't, want, you don't want to go again? Every time they go to a remote of somebody who can't be there that night, they could not look more bored. <laughs> Brad Pitt looks like he is acting as though his niece has just given him macaroni art. Like, oh, look at that. Hey, thanks so much. This is great. This is really great. All right. Okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, Keanu made the right move. Just don't say anything. Don't, <laughs> like, yeah, don't do gonna, anything. Yeah, if you're not going to be there, don't freaking film some stupid thing. Or you, <laughs> you know, when you're on, when you're on, you know, interview 100 for an, on the movie you're in, <laughs> like, okay, quick, let's film this popcorn award you just won. Well, okay, I want to know. I want to know what this top five is from you then. Well, okay, so the movie spoofs were obviously. Like to me, those were top level, like top shelf. Like so, they were funny. So the, let's the go, movie go spoofs for a long time. MTV had a thing where they would take sitcom stars of the seventies and eighties and have them reenact some of the movies that were nominated. So you had the Partridge Family doing Speed. You had Welcome Back, Cotter doing Pulp Fiction. 
1966 Batman doing Interview with the Vampire. They're really funny. They're really spot on. Uh, the casts look like they are having a really good time being back on TV. <laughs> I, I'm like, why? Why aren't these guys still going? I know yeah. there's. I know what's happening, but like, <laughs> like the Pulp Fiction one, I was like, these guys are all great. Like, yeah. even even uh, freaking you know Horshack, who's doing his Horshack voice. I'm like, like I'm just. It's I was just watching it. him when he wasn't talking. Even like he was like really like acting like like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was really acting i'm like where what the heck you, this should have been their re, re, their like freaking renaissance <laughs> if they were the age they were in 1995 now there would 100% be a netflix sweat hog show like without oh. travolta you know <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> it would probably be good <laughs> they would do that now i think this was the last gasp of like tv and movies are two different worlds and they yeah. don't cross unless you are really slumming. Yeah. And you know, and eventually this MT, the movie awards eventually turns into the MTV movie and TV awards. So they're awarding for both uh, things. I don't, I don't remember what year it starts, but yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Like, but I, I was kind of thinking that maybe this was like, a nod to the fact that John Travolta was in Pulp Fiction and that was kind of a yeah. renaissance for him. But but you're right. They they did have a – they were always doing spoofs of whatever movies were the best movie nominees. But you're right. There was there, – there, that is a thing. And, you, and also that reminded me about the Brady Bunch movie that – that they made. And, and I just like, – what is the story in that movie? It's such a wild movie, Right. Um, what's the story with it? Like, how did it get approved to be the Brady Bunch from the seventies, but they're transported into the nineties? Yeah. That is such a, like, seems like such a, um, it kind of seems like something that would happen now really easily, but it seems like such a, like, I imagine like there must've been so much fighting about that <laughs> back then or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, this was a stretch of years where, you know, Wayne's world and Adam's family were these just gigantic hits, blockbuster hits. And so then everyone was like, okay, old shows, old shows, they're movies now, they're movies now. And so I think <laughs> things were just getting greenlit and they would probably just have a pitch like that and they're like, great, great, make it, make it, make it, just make it. And so yeah. kind of good movies kind of, I think, slipped their way through. Like I think that Brady Bunch movie has no business being as good as it was. No, it's it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. So kudos to all involved. A kiss from Nathan to the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> and and Bert or uh, not Bert Ward, um Adam, Adam West. West. Yeah. And freaking Gorsh Frank Gorshin, right? Yeah. They are nailing this. <laughs> yeah, they're like, funny guys. Adam, <laughs> like I know Adam West, like, you know, I still think look well the the pilot the from Conan like that that's the biggest tra- travesty that that never got picked up in the history of TV. It's such a good it's such a good if, pilot and he is so funny. If you haven't seen it Conan O'Brien in the early 90s wrote a pilot I think with Robert Schmeigel, right? Yeah. Uh called Look Well that's a parody of cop shows and Adam West who played Batman in 66 Batman plays the cop who was just this clueless terrible police or detective. No. 
He's an actor. He's an actor. That's who, right. Who plays? Who, plays. Who, who was in? He was famous in like seventies detective shows, right. and he gets an honorary badge from the L.A. Police Department because of it. And because of that, he thinks he can actually sit in on cases. And they made, in between acting, in between teaching acting classes. Uh, and they made one episode of it. It's very funny. It's on YouTube. So uh, go look yeah. up Look Well and watch it if you haven't. It's great. Yes. Um. But yeah, I, I, I. I just I just loved those. So that was my first one. Um I I mean, do you want me to just run it down? Sure. Okay. <laughs> we we like to do a lot of planning beforehand. I well so any of the- I did ask for a list of like, oh, what do you want me to pull? Foolishly <laughs> thinking that that was also going to be your list of things you wanted to uh talk about on your top five list. Well, you know, I also like I also like the the surprise of oh of you know I, I'm sure all of our <laughs> listeners feel like they're at a delightful party. <laughs> yeah, they're just you With, know they're in on this spontaneous conversation. It's, it's like when we're really at a party, right? And we're just like holding court, and the whole party comes over to our oh, corner, yeah. and we're just zinging and zagging, and uh, there's giving our top five sa- lists. We're passing around the sabra hummus. <laughs> It's it's great. Um, yeah. So uh, number two, Jim Carrey. I always enjoy him. He's always great on these shows, especially the MTV ones. There's that famous one where he dressed up as that hippie and did a whole thing. Like he's always doing something interesting in these. And in this, he's just being funny, being the guy who he is, and he's he's nailing it. I think. Oh, like I, I found him insufferable, but I'm glad that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. I, knew I, you I think would. he is being. I think he's probably just impossible to deal with at this point in his life, and I think it reads in his interactions. I mean, I, I'm not saying that uh, he's spinning gold here. <laughs> I just I'm not like, even saying his his bits are bad. His bits are fine. It's just him as yeah. a person. I was like, oh boy, you think you <laughs> oh, are sure. just hot, hot stuff right now. I mean, he's still. He still is that way, <laughs> but there's a mm. there's a funny there's this funny where he's like uh, no I mean he's still this like I imagine it's still that way that if you are around him when you watch that thing where he's on the comedians with cars mm-hmm. with Jim Carrey and stuff like and he's like on interviews now and he's like talking philosophy and stuff like well now he's know, like I, a guy who like yeah he <laughs> he went to a philosophy class and now you're never going to hear the end of it <laughs> yeah. But there's this really funny exchange between him and Norm Macdonald on Norm Macdonald's show where he's like, he's talking about man in the, that movie, Man in the Moon. And he, is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, um, he says something like, remember when you visited the set, Norm? And, and Norm's like, yeah. He's like, I, w- I didn't visit the set. I was in the movie. <laughs> Wow, that is <laughs> truly telling. <laughs> and it just it was such a funny moment, but like yeah, like that I I get it. Like <laughs> but I I'm despite, you know, that I still enjoy him, you know, he's like one of my favorite Conan interviews ever is with him. Like I just like I like that. I like the bits even though I know what you're saying. <laughs> Well, speaking of guys who have a hard time turning it off, should we hear a little bit of the speech from our slice of cocaine, uh, Quentin Tarantino? Oh, my gosh. Wh- which which speech is this? <laughs> 
<laughs> Good point. This is the speech where he is introducing the Lifetime Achievement Award to, as okay. he puts it, Jackie Chong. <laughs> this, this is my. This is in my list. This, this is the best. No one. There, there's not a person in the world who says it the way he does. Well, if and you're an insufferable I, snob, you do. <laughs> I went online and I looked up like how to pronounce Jackie Chan's name. Yeah, and uh, even even the Chinese like versions of it. There's no Chan. Like it's it, it's. And then the you know the the like the the voiceover guy comes in. It's almost like he's correcting him because he says it so hard. <laughs> he's like, Jackie Tram, <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Uh, so let's hear this. Yeah, let's uh, see when the nation just fell in love with this guy. Walking out like Frankenstein, very funny. I like that bit. Uh. I'm here to give Jackie Chan a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> and I almost feel like I deserve a Lifetime Achievement Award for being asked to do that, all right? Because it's one of the achievements of my lifetime to honor one of my heroes of all time. Uh, to see a Jackie Chan movie, basically <laughs> more than any other performer since possibly Buster Keaton, and maybe after that, maybe a little bit of Fred Stare, when you watch a Jackie Chan movie, you want to be Jackie Chan. You want to run through glass the way only he can. You want to fight 25 guys, lose all the way up until the last moment, and then take, take them all on the way only he can. To jump through glass, to jump off buildings, to uh, be drugged behind buses, and then handle it all. All right? He's one of the best uh, filmmakers that the world's ever known. He is one of the greatest stand-up, even the stand-up uh, physical comedians since sound came into films. And basically... If I could be, and I don't want to ever be any actor, but if I could be any actor, I would have the life that Jackie Chan has. Always looks like there's something in the room right that smells with of him. what makes this guy so <laughs> rocking. All right. And they show a bunch of so, very, very good Jackie Chan clips. The first time he says it, you're like, oh, he's nervous. Or like, you know, like yeah, he like right. stumbles or something. Yeah. And then the second time you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> that is in my top list for sure. Do you think that he heard it in alternate way once and assumed that all the Americans were getting it wrong? No, I think what it is is because um, I've done this before too, not with Jackie Chan's name, but like where you learn how to pronounce a a um a vowel in a certain language sure sure and then you apply it across the board right and i think he probably saw an a somewhere in someone's name a chinese name and then when the person pronounced it he did the ah sound instead of a or yeah. an or whatever yeah. the guy's name is so jockey like, chan oh. jockey yeah. chan he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like oh all a's all a's are like that <laughs> Except Jackie, because that's the American version of his name or whatever, you know. But what you, I mean, even his real name is like Chung Chung Long or something. It's not even, but but the A. Even when you look at all the A's, that what I heard when I heard on YouTube, people saying everyone's saying Chan. Like it's clear, like this guy chose this name to say a certain way. 
Yeah, it's uncomfortable. You're um, right. It is Jackie Chan. Why didn't he go Jackie Chan? But I guess he's like, oh, Jackie is American, but Chan. No, see, that would that'd be too much. Yeah, it'd be too much. You know, it's not, it's not like every letter over there. It's okay. just like certain letters. Okay. All right. All right. All right. It's like that, you know, okay. <laughs> it was an uncomfortable <laughs> moment, almost as uncomfortable as something that's on my list. Um, we were about to meet our newest queen of the silver screen, of course, Cindy Crawford was going to go from House of Style to become the number one actress in America in her movie with William Baldwin, Fair Game, the next year. Uh, And so they paired them up to give an award and um, they had them work out their Abbott and Costello comedy chops. Now, tragically, the very first part of this back and forth is in one of the only places where whoever recorded this on VCR, cut out one of the commercials. But I think, I think you can get what the the bit might be. And then you can hear them extend the bit just a little too far. <laughs> Why don't you read your lines as they're written, Cindy? I did. I said, blah, blah, blah. I know you said blah, blah, blah. You were supposed to say blah, 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 blah. Okay? <laughs> one film and she's improvising already. Sorry. And now the <laughs> He is method acting here. Um, another joke, a lot, a real runner this evening of men telling women to shut up and that they're wrong, <laughs> grabbing them and kissing them, um, telling them to be quiet. <laughs> Would have loved to be oh. in that writer's room. Oh boy. You know, you talked about the audience before. That's all, that is on my list. And yeah, let's dissect that audience. So there's obviously there's the audience, like the people who got tickets or whatever, and then like there's celebrities and whatever. But then there's a pit in the front where someone kind of alludes to them saying, like, you were paid for this. So obviously they paid people to come in here in this middle, and they're supposed to be the rowdy, like you know they're the ones who get up to the stage when the songs are playing, whatever. But it's a real mixed bag. I don't think they were. I think that's a joke that Jim Carrey makes whenever they're cheering that you're paid to do that. Well, I know you're saying that, but I'm saying like I think those that's a group of people who, who might have gotten. I think those are a little stipend or something. I think those are contest winners. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, they got free tickets. That's like getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) That's like getting a a living wage these days because it's a smaller theater. It's I guess at the Warner Brothers. Theater in California. It's always weird when MTV goes to California, just because they're such a New Yorky outfit. It always yeah. feels weird when they're in LA. But yeah, the entire audience, like you said, is either seat fillers or celebrities. And then in the very front, next to the concert part of the stage, is just the frattiest group of people who are just like, <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> there's one guy who's like. Who's, who keeps standing up and kind of like get trying to get the crowd to like, come on guys, let's do what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And well, then, and one then, of them tells uh, <laughs> um, Cox to take her top off. First <laughs> thing out the gate. And then, uh, then during um, the blues traveler segment where they're singing their song, there's one, like it looks like an old guy who's just standing there. Like he's wandered in. <laughs> He got lost. He's just staring at the blues traveler, at the band, like, and there's no movement. But other people around him are other people are sitting. 
And some people are kind of standing, and then there's the two guys who are... Uh, MTV had not perfected the art of hiding all the seams yet. Because stuff is all or over the training place. training the audience. Tra- yeah, and also, but just like... I, I think there used to be a little bit more... MTV would try to get like really raw moments and just hope that something would happen or wanted to show like the real yeah. thing. But sometimes it just leads into moments that are kind of mundane and boring, which is interesting, but you just know it would never happen today. No one would ever allow no. that kind of dead air to happen. Um, glad you brought up the live music segments and you may be wondering, Oh, are we going to talk about them? Maybe one of them very weird musical performance segments as only one of them has anything to do with movies or something from a movie soundtrack. The other mm-hmm. ones are TLC does waterfalls. Boys to men does Useless. water runs dry. Useless. Blues traveler does run around. Useless. <laughs> Very weird. Although, yeah, as you said, the human video that goes on during TLC's waterfalls <laughs> is pretty funny. Okay, so for those who didn't grow up in youth group right. at a church, uh, a human video. So church, I don't know. A lost art I don't form. know. Yeah, this was a huge thing. In fact, you could go away for a summer or something and like learn how to do these good. So what it is is basically you take a song and you make just like a live stage music video of it with people and you you have different some person plays the narrator whoever's singing the song and then other people will play typically someone being nailed onto a cross usually or like or or oftentimes it's people doing drugs or something and then the, an angel appears or something you know there's always something yeah, like that yeah the classic human video is something like our god is an awesome god and a teen comes out and the teen is offered drugs and then it, he dances around <laughs> And then he gets hit by a car, he overdoses, and he meets Jesus, and he watches him get crucified, and then everyone dances yeah. around. So yeah. imagine that, but Waterfalls is playing. Yeah. And, and and what's great is it's you could put you could switch out the song and it would still work for a right. youth group human video. We see a guy There's dealing like a drugs grand- and his mama gets really upset about it, he gets shot. Yeah. We see a guy with roaming balls uh, bonk a girl in the butt once with his crotch, and he dies of AIDS. Uh, it's a real wild time. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, Blues it's Traveler. Great. Great. <laughs> and then Blues Traveler, just harmonicas <sighs> and and uh, vests. <laughs> it's odd watching. And I was never a Blues Traveler person, but it's odd watching John Popper. Uh, Founder of the Spin Doctors, John Popper. That's true. Okay. He will okay. play harmonica. Are you kind of just a good harmonica player if you just play it really fast? Like a lot <laughs> I of notes? Thinking, I was like, this is like how I play harmonica. <laughs> he's just... He's just <laughs> he, the only thing he's doing is just he's just getting the right key. Yeah, like he's right. in the right key. Like, uh, but I just you can buy, which is not that impressive when you think about the fact that you can buy a harmonica in a key. It's not like a piano. <laughs> well, maybe that says something about them. how bad I am. <laughs> I can't even stay in the key that it's tuned to. Uh, now, I would like to talk about. The one thing I really remember from this award show, and it was the only thing that I taped off the TV when I was uh, 15, 
was the Ramones come on and they do a medley oh, yeah. of every song that has been nominated. And I was, so I was 15. I didn't have like anyone older in my life to be like my passport to cool stuff. I had to go to the library and read about stuff in Rolling Stone or in like a local magazine and then hope that the library had one of the good albums in their CD section. So I remember watching this performance of the Ramones. I had never heard of the Ramones. Um, but suddenly there was these four older guys on stage. And I remember thinking, wow, this seems really real. And I also bet that they could beat all these other bands up. <laughs> uh, t- yeah, tonight we're going to do a uh, couple of songs from the movies. Listening, we're gonna do, listening we're gonna to them do. on the red carpet. It's like, how do you not love these dopes? They're like, oh, we got me all Cindy Crawford. Yeah, we saw Cindy Crawford. She was over there. <laughs> Uh, Morgan, Madonna, Madonna, the Ramones. <laughs> in two and a half minutes, using three chords, and that can mean only one thing, ladies and gentlemen, the Ramones. I want to listen to this up till they get to the um, Warren G song because I think it sounds really good. <laughs> wondering how many people of color were nominated in, in MTV Movie Awards, as many as in the Oscars the same year. <laughs> it's just Samuel L. Jackson, and instead of Morgan Freeman, it's the guy from Forrest Gump. Oh, oh. I, I, and Halle Berry, and Halle Berry. That's right. She was uh, one of the other desirable women. That's think, right? who we forgot. So I think <laughs> my mind blocked it out because it's from the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, right. A movie, the Flintstones, the most progressive thing on this show. The movie I saw in the theater, the most and I was diversity. like, oh boy, this is really bad. <laughs> Just a laugh, a laugh free zone, the Flintstones movie. Uh, a, laugh, a laugh free stone? <laughs> you should have been one of the 80 writers of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about the, the song nominations for this year? Yeah. Uh, Warren G. Regulate from Above the Rim. Above the Rim, a movie I've not seen in years. I remember Tupac is good in it, and I think the rest of it was kind of, eh? Am I right? You know, this is this really is kind of the thing that's right in my wheelhouse, you yeah. know? But for some reason, missed it. Okay. Didn't see it. <laughs> also, <laughs> uh, put Tupac in Most Desirable Male. Get somebody oh, yeah. in there, right? <laughs> it seems yeah. like that's an easy an easy uh, slot for him. Um, and he, and I bet you he shows up. I bet you he does show up. <laughs> um, 
Madonna, I'll remember uh, a song, one of the few Madonna songs I actually really like from the movie With Honors, where Joe Pesci plays a homeless man who lives on Harvard campus with Brendan Fraser. Oh boy, that movie. This was like a, this, the clips from that movie were yeah. insane. Yes. Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen, I have not seen that it's, movie. Oh, and I'm brother. like, I have to see this movie. You got to see it. It's, it's wild. That movie should be arrested. Okay. <laughs> okay. Joe Pesci plays a, a homeless man who, for some reason, winds up with Brendan Fraser's senior thesis, uh, and he's burning it for warmth. And Fraser freaks out, and Pesci says, I will give you this thesis back one page at a time for every nice thing you do for me. So Pesci winds up living at Brendan Fraser's dorm room. And like gives him advice on love. It's it's he reunites him with his um, uh, abandoned child. It's crazy. Oh, wow, it's really really crazy. <laughs> um, oh shoot, who plays the? Sorry, this is gonna go off on a weird tangent. Um, 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 Gore Vidal plays the professor. Yeah, you got to see this thing. Um, okay, girl, you'll be a woman soon. From Pulp Fiction, love it. Uh, Elton John, can you feel the love tonight? Sure. Yep. I think it's the worst song from The Lion King, but it's a classic. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> um, and the winner, Stone Temple Pilots' Big Empty from The Crow. What a <laughs> what a boring song. I didn't like it then. Sure don't like it now. Um, yeah, oh, I was man. very surprised a, at this one, actually. Uh, you know, I don't know. It was huge, though. It was a the, massive hit. And he, he, I kind of, like, I don't know. Yeah, bad song. I, I just like was did it win because Brandon Lee and stuff? But, yeah, but Brandon Lee was nominated for best actor and he didn't win. Yeah, that's true. I think that's it was true. Brad Pitt who's the Interview with the Vampire. Not a bad movie. Brad Pitt almost tanks that movie. He is so bad. Like he hadn't figured out how to be Brad Pitt yet. So he's very good looking, but he's really bad in that movie. What what I'm realizing is that. This is a time frame where I did not see a lot of movies. I've um, seen a lot of these after the fact. I, I know that's true, but I'm just saying, like, there's been a lot, a lot, like, there's a lot of movies in on this show and in commercials and everything where I'm, where I just have not even gotten the chance. I haven't even just taken the chance to watch them. Okay, and I'm like, man, why haven't I not watched these? There's all these movies like I've never seen. Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. There's no reason why I haven't. I just didn't sure. see it because I wasn't – my parents wouldn't have taken me when it no. came out. No. And, and I just never did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And we were good boys who went to the movies uh, with our parents' permission. We were not seeing yeah. movies on the sly. <laughs> I, I wasn't anyway. Maybe I, I – uh, Yeah, no. I, I, did, I didn't really have any – by the time that I would have been allowed to see these movies, I, all my, my friends – drove anyway so i like i wouldn't have seen them before anyone would have taken me you know what that's not you quite know? true i saw pulp fiction in the theater and did not tell my parents because oh, i knew they wouldn't be into it i hope they don't listen but that's the film dorkiest film to go to and not tell your parents right <laughs> it's not like i'm going to sliver or some or basic instinct or something to see hot <laughs> women i want to see what this uh, the critics are chattering about I I went to go see Before Sunrise and didn't tell my parents. <laughs> and let me tell you, there's a few Fs in that movie. <laughs> Some Effin and Jeffin. Some Effin and Jeffin. Um, I would give it to 
probably Girl, You'll Be a Woman soon just because you can't think about Pulp Fiction without thinking about that song. I do like Regulate. Okay. Do you think that song is lame or do you like it? Uh, no, I like that. That was a okay. a high point in G-Funk. Sure. Uh, and maybe the top point of G-Funk. Oh, sure. <laughs> what would you uh, choose if you were picking that award? Uh, at that time, I would have chosen Regulate. Okay. No question. Not a bad choice. Yeah. 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 That's one of those movies, like, there was a lot of movies in that time frame, a lot of black movies that I did not see because I wouldn't have been allowed to because of the rating. The blackness. But, uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, but I did, I could very easily listen to the soundtracks without my parents knowing. Ah. Because I could buy those at the mall or whatever. So I, I sure. know, like, all the soundtracks, all these movies, but I haven't seen a lot of them because <laughs> I just haven't gotten to them, gotten to them yet. Understood. Um, let's see a couple weird standouts, and then like one or two. It's interesting seeing what got nominated for Oscars and what got nominated and won for MTV because usually, in especially in the nineties, the movie awards. This is only the fourth movie award uh, year, by the way, for the show. They yeah. either the winners are either ridiculous or they've stood up way better than the things that won for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Like what's weird is to nominate uh, Tim Allen in two different (laughs) categories for breakthrough performance and for comedic performance. And let me tell you (laughs) that audience was quiet whenever they played those clips. It was for Santa Claus. Yeah. The Santa Santa Claus. Claus. (laughs) Um, But then they give a Best New Filmmaker Award to Steve James, who directed Hoop Dreams, one of the best documentaries ever made, famously not nominated for Best Documentary or anything at the Oscars. Huge scandal around it. MTV gives them the award. Yeah. Like, they, they like, they righted the wrongs. Yeah. And the year before, they gave Best New Filmmaker to the guy who directed Searching for Bobby Fischer. I was like, this is... (laughs) great but it's really odd <laughs> yeah because they're usually yeah because then like right before that is the lifetime achievement award given to godzilla right or alicia silverstone <laughs> winning for the crush <laughs> uh there are silly silly awards i haven't watched them lately i should watch the new ones now but um you know what did you what did you think about i i was a little embarrassed, but also like it was a little heartwarming. Like how seriously that Kirsten Dunst took this award. So, she she won for Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, yeah. A little, uh, and she's she's a little girl. Yep. And she just she's so thankful. She's so happy. She does this whole long thing. I think this, and then she's like, "Oh, and thank God!" At the very end, like she forgot to do it. So and, she's ten. Yeah. <laughs> She's 10 years old. I I loved her speech. I thought it was very cute. But at the same time, anytime a child wins an award and then has to go up and give a speech, I get (sighs) incredibly stressed out for them because sometimes it looks like they are going to have a breakdown. (laughs) And it's a lot of pressure to put on a 10-year-old. Let me ask you this. This is changing gears. Do you think that there has ever been since since this song came out, has there ever been a MTV production 
that did not include the song More Human Than Humans. <laughs> Where did it? <laughs> MTV got 10 solid years out of Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie could have quit after that song and become a billionaire with the the amount of lo- royalties he gets from MTV using it. Imagine all the sports arenas that play it, all the wrestlers that come out to it, all the video games it must be in. It's the Swing and a Cat song. <laughs> and we talked about this in in one reason. I think it was the Video Awards, right? Oh yeah, cuz he remember they but. they play it and they they get off beat and it sounds <laughs> yeah. like they're all falling down the stairs. <laughs> Yeah. Um, did you did you notice and did you think this was a joke or this is real? Because that played as real to me. Uh, but maybe it was a joke. But John Lovitz and Jody Foster are best friends. That's a joke. Okay. That's a joke. Because because it is set up very like it's not like he doesn't wink or anything. Like he does not <laughs> he just Again, he does. He is not doing what he needs to do tonight to make this show. But he does not wink at all to this. He's just like, you know, jo- Jody Foster <laughs> says something like, you know, we were hanging out. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I should direct a movie. And he says, you know, Jody, if anyone can do it, you can. She's one of my best friends. Please welcome Jody Foster. Yes, that's and it. there's that's it. There's yeah. no like. <laughs> Well, Jodie Foster then says, I have met him once whenever she comes out. (laughs) But John Lovitz, his whole running gag is like, I've slept with this woman 18 times or that kind of a thing. Okay, but when he does, he does that voice. Yeah. Well, that is his his (laughs) default voice. Well, okay. I told Jodie. He did not do that voice when he was talking about this. This was a very low key. I think this is another Kermit the Frog moment where you hear (laughs) one thing. Um, can we talk about the basically the last thing that I have on my list of anything? Sure, we can close. Was with that. the Solo Flex commercial? Um, of course, of course, that is the proper way to end this podcast is to talk about the Solo Flex <laughs> commercial, which I remember seeing on uh, God. It played on everything. It played on Nickelodeon. Yes. It played on every cable network. Yes. But I just want to say this music. Does this music sound familiar to you at all? So I, play this. You did not tell me to queue up to the Solo Flex commercial, so I am not quite sure where oh, it I'm is. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in my list of clips that I copied and pasted. Okay, I think I saw it. Um, I mean, <laughs> I will go into this saying... What does this song sound like? And I guess this song sounds like um, softcore pornography. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. Maybe, but that's not this could be what your I. Arm. This could be your chest. These could be your shoulders. Okay. This could be your. Thigh. This is a funky dance remix of the this Unsolved Mysteries theme song. <laughs> that's what it sounds bed. like. Not literally, but you're saying no. Co- okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it has that kind of just like druggy, um, what was considered world music in the 90s, which means you had to have one person going, it has a Yeah, it has a mosquito. Actually, it sounds like a mix. It sounds like maybe a Jazzy Jeff 
DJ Jazzy Jeff remix of uh, the Unsolved Mysteries theme. Well, now we are in your wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, did you have any other thoughts on this show? I can't tell if people are having fun being on this show. Some people look like they're at gunpoint. Some people are maybe just there for the after party. I'm sure the MTV after parties were genuinely fun. I can't imagine them phoning it in. I can tell you this. Yeah, you were there? I was not having fun watching it. I was having some fun watching it simply because this has some peak 90s stuff in it. And if you were a kid who read Entertainment Weekly like it was the Quran, then it was very <laughs> uh, a trip down memory lane. that I, Things I have not thought about in a long time. Like, oh, right, the trailer to Under Siege 2. This played a lot. Like... <laughs> Is <laughs> a sneak preview of Waterworld. Um, Did you have to have counseling for how you idolized the entertainment? Did you talk with your youth pastor about it? <laughs> no, it was like Pulp Fiction. I, I just didn't didn't tell anybody about it. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. You don't got to know everything. Uh, <laughs> I always enjoy watching a mtv award show they're always shambling they're weird they do not date well but they are a very honest slice of what it was like to watch pop media in the 90s it's it's such a cross-section of stuff it's the perfect um example of of appointment television like yes because you knew Everyone was going to be watching from school, and you knew you could talk about it the next day. Yeah. And if you didn't see it, then you would um, be relegated to a different lunch table. <laughs> so, very true. You didn't see George Clooney make a, a half a half ass joke about his day job as being a seat filler, so he came up and gave an award. I forgot that he was on Ellen, the Ellen Show. That's a joke. That is a joke. That's a joke. He was on okay. ER. Okay. Because he goes. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? That okay. was a thing with MTV is they would always give fake credits before a person okay, came out. Okay, that's fine. Okay, that is fine. Oh, I feel like I'm getting these, scolded. <laughs> hold on a second. I, I like to laugh, having, but that is fine if you want to make those jokes. But these are not. These are not jokey enough to me. Well, I agree with that. Like, they're not like, like when you say like, oh, he was on Ellen. Like, I was like, oh, like maybe he did do cameo bits on there because he was, he's been a sitcom star. Like, it did, like these aren't like, well, uh, oh, uh, it's not like they had like Pee Wee Herman come out and he was like uh, the star of NYPD Blue or something. Right. It's like, no, these aren't like, and I don't mean they have to be hacky or something, but. Uh, like, that's, that's also the kind of joke where I'm not saying it was hysterical to begin with, but as time goes on and you start forgetting things out of that moment, they really <laughs> don't age well because it just makes no. you go, wait, was he? Yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was – like I even thought – like I even pictured him being on there. Like, oh, no. maybe, maybe he dated Ellen for like a short stint. That's why on he comes there. on stage and he shakes his head and laughs and goes, ha, <laughs> Ellen. To let you Man, know it's a I joke. am such a rube. <laughs> <laughs> you buy anything that John Lovitz tells you. 
You know, I, I, I'll just tell you this much. Hmm. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't watch. My, like, I'm too intellectual. You yeah. know, like I need like a host who's going to stimulate my brain with the references he makes. Right. You, you want, know what I mean, babe? You want a, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying, babe? I know you should say in cha cha, or you want, <laughs> you want a Billy Crystal? Uh oh, the crying game. That man has a hoo hoo. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like like I either need intellectual stimulation or I need like, you know, like I need jazz references. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like I'm like or like the Yankees. You know, like baseball references. You know, like baseball's like the thinking man sport. You yeah. Know? Oh, there's uh, nothing more romantic and American than the simple game of baseball. <laughs> hey. Hey. Talking baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baseball. Yeah. Thank you, Terry Cashman. Yeah. See, I, I just, you know, I, well, I need he more. Was I need more. And Courtney, she was drumming. And here comes Colony with the ward. <laughs> Talking wardies. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? Dennis Miller. <laughs> Dennis Miller and Billy Crystal. Dennis Miller. He was quipping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is... Uh, Really drifted, really drifted. I feel like I'm in the middle of the MTV Movie Awards. This is just <laughs> yeah. a ship kind of cruising on with a little bit of wind. <laughs> okay, so if you liked this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Big if. <laughs> if you like this episode, remember to like and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast places. Uh, you can go to network special podcast, network special podcast.com to find our podcast. And, uh, there you'll have links to all the stuff. Go to our YouTube, our TikTok. Um, I've been sleeping on posting stuff a lot lately just cause I've been living my life. And, um, I'm happy to say that I'm now back to normal life and will be posting boring pictures again for all to see. So please join the list if you want to see those things. <laughs> well, you're really selling it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please give us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Uh, not iTunes. Podcast. The podcast app. The Apple really borked us. When they changed, they switched all the apps. Now I can't say iTunes anymore. Yeah, your classic speech that you used to, that you have memorized and that you just rattle off at the end of every show is now thrown <laughs> because of Apple. Thank you so much to Steve Jobs. Thanks Ghost. a lot. You Thanks really, a lot, Tim Cook. Really screwed us good on that one. Uh, but as we say at the end of every episode of Network Special, we're like the Joe Rogan Show, but with jeans. Bye. <laughs> Bye.